We're talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. What's up, Dakota? How's it going, Ty? I mean, I would say it's going pretty good. It's getting colder. I'm not happy about it. It is getting colder, which means we're riding less, but we did get a great ride in just the other day. It was a fantastic ride. It was so nice outside. I actually, I showed up in so many layers, and I still remember <laughs> I was like stripping naked in the parking lot trying to get out of all of these extra, not actually naked, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, somebody inside, was it, who was it? I think that was... Was uh, it Jeff? No, it wasn't Jeff. Um, but it was one of the one of the employees in Morton's. Yeah, saw, saw you through the window. I was like, there's some kid getting, you know, stripping down out in the... <laughs> parking lot meanwhile it was just me absolutely sweating my mind out yeah yeah so but we went on a great ride um mark took us on a couple of the roads that he really likes which were really good they were they were really fun. good i wish that there were no cars to think about which would have been more fun that is true but that's why we go to the track true so speaking of tracks the track that we were on this past race was in malaysia we were at sepang and some weird, awful things happened at Spain. <laughs> um, but my fantasy team did exceptionally well, actually. I don't know how yours did, Ty. Half of them did pretty good. The other half did absolutely nothing. So what was your overall on the week? So this week, I scored a total of 79 points. Mm. I mean, it's not terrible. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to get super excited. But I mean, but you got some points there. I did. I did. I mean, like Peko got me forty-eight points. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Which I'm both happy and really not happy about. <laughs> <laughs> not that you're biased because I also had Peko on my gold team. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I still have a season total of you know ten nineteen. So mm. it's not great. Um, well. You want to hear my totals? Because they're better than yours. Uh, it's a lot better. <laughs> this is why you don't like... I was, this is this is the week that you know, you've know you beaten me like a couple times just by a little. And I think I beat you last time by just like a, a hair. But this time, you got obliterated, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Well, this is because I put a prilly on my team. And it would have been even better if Jorge Martin had not crashed. Because he's on my silver team. That was heartbreaking. But funny story, during free practices, I was going back and forth with Fabio and Jorge to be on my gold team. I literally switched them like three times, and then I ended up going, okay, I'm going to leave Fabio just because I, I just can't trust Jorge. And that was the right move. That was definitely the right call. Uh, and it resulted in my week total being 133.5 points. That's a big week, As a considering I have week. no boosts. No boosts, and I still got over 130 points. No boost. No boost. Um, however, I did find out that uh, there's a guy, he's really high up in the rankings. He got like 190 points this week because oh he, he boosted the right person. And I'm like, man, I really wish that two of my three boosts had not resulted in crashes. <laughs> so I'm just mad because I feel like the second I put Aprilia on there, they were doing pretty well. And then as soon as I've added them to my team, they well, have not done you got to keep in mind, they did well enough to where they lost their concessions. And since they lost their concessions, their, their performance has just went down. Yeah. It's, so it's unfortunate. 
It's all about that moolah. Yeah. Uh, but my my total, I am up to 1,677.5 points. So I'm doing pretty good. My ranks actually went up some, or up or down. The, the number is lower, which makes my rank higher. That makes no sense, but that's what it is. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not math people in the world. <laughs> in the world, I am 9,261. So I'm back in the top 10,000 in the world, which feels real good. And in the United States, I, I am, <laughs> I am ranked 672. So, you know, I, I actually did an exponential increase in both, which is awesome. So. With all that being said, we got to talk about this podium that happened. Da, da, da. For any Fabio fans out there. Yeah. First place. Okay. Well, now, listen. Fabio did great for what happened. Okay. This is, this is true. This is true. So, and considering he also broke his finger, you were just whining about your knuckle hurting just a second ago. I was, okay. <laughs> I, was just, I don't know what is up with it. <laughs> I feel bullied. You should. <laughs> um, okay, so you. <laughs> the podium, first place, we had Peko Bagnai, which was completely shocking, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I was thinking, I, what did I guess, like six? We both place? were saying that he would be six, be, between six and like eight, ninth, somewhere in safe. there. Although it is, it is easy to win when you have really good defense. <laughs> Correct. Defense wins championships. Second. Ducati put on a display. Yes, they did. Uh, second place was Anea Bastianini, who should have been in first place. Um, and then third place was Fabio Quadraro, which let me just tell you, that dude ran the wheels off of that motorcycle. And Bedzecki did everything that he could to catch up to Fabio and pass him so that Pecco could seal the deal, but it wasn't happening. Fabio did everything right and ended up increasing his distance. Even though there for a minute it looked like Bedzeki was going to catch him and pass him, Fabio's like, mm-mm, not today. I mean, he was he was riding that. He actually on it. he was actually running laps that were faster than both Pecco and Inea. On the M1, on the Yamaha, a terrible motorcycle in comparison to the, the this year's Ducati. And he was running faster lap times for like three or four laps because Bezeki was behind him, which means that he wasn't being pulled by someone faster in front of him. On his own, he did three or four lap times that were faster than the two Ducatis that were in front of him. Like, you got to give Fabio like this some is unreal credit. Wonder what next season's going to look like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm wondering, is this going to be a Fabio blowout, or is Marquez going to come back and make it interesting? Well, and you also got to consider the fact that Inea is going to be on a better bike than he's currently on. Inea is going to be on a Honda. That's going to be weird. It's going to be a crazy season next season. I feel like everything just got flipped up on its head, because the Yamaha is supposed to be fast now. If they can can make it faster and keep their their handling it's going to be a very interesting year <laughs> although yamaha making a fast bike is kind of like cleveland browns winning the super bowl it's just you know <laughs> is at this point is is it possible you know or is know. it all a pipe dream i don't know so let's talk about the current standings because it is just not not what we're loving here well at least me so i hate it when i'm right <laughs> 
Listen, I know that you're saying that you're right now, and you have been right a lot since we started the podcast. However, I will remind you that early on in the season, when Fabio won a couple races, you were like, that's no good. He's like, I want you. You said, I wanted a good season where it was close, and now he's so far ahead, nobody's going to catch him. And here we are with our current standings, Pecco Bagnai with 258 points, being 23 points ahead of Fabio Quattararo going into the final race of the season. <laughs> I did say that he was going to teeter off halfway through the season. Uh, I mean, Fabio can win. Um, it, we're going to talk about that in a second. But if he, <laughs> if he won, I mean, honestly, that would be the greatest thing. It, oh, man. You know how mad Ducati would be? You know how long it's been since they won a championship? Uh, is it 2007? Oh, when, when, it was Casey was, Stoner. Casey Stoner was the last person. Was there only one? Yeah. They've only won once. And you know how proud the Italians <laughs> well, are. Well, and Casey motorcycles. Stoner had, um, was it seven wins that season? Because that's what Pecco has right now. He's got seven wins on the season. He's either tied or passed Casey Stoner. I'm not sure. It's one of the two. Um, so he's either tied Casey Stoner for the most Ducati wins in a season, or he's one ahead of them. And that was the year that Casey Stoner won as well. Looks like he finally passed the Moner Stoner. <laughs> so, so second in our current standings is Fabio Quadraro with 235 points. Again, that is 23 points off the lead, which is Pecco. In third place, Aleish Esperargo, which is 212 points. He is 46 points off, mathematically completely impossible. He's just hoping to hold on to third place right now uh, because as Jack Miller said, I cannot repeat what he said because it's not good language, but he essentially said that Third place is everything. Fourth place is nothing. Because there's when you get into the top three in the world championship, that's where you start getting your bonuses and stuff like that. If you're in fourth place, you're not really getting a whole lot. So it's a big deal that Aleish stays in third. So he's going to have to do something special because Enea Bashanini is only one point behind him in fourth place with 211 points. It's not possible for Jack to pass Enea. I don't think so because he's like... 20 or 30 off of Anaya, so I don't think so. I don't think so. And then, because Jack's in fifth place with 189 points, and then you've got sixth place Brad Bender. Again, still just got to give it up for Brad Bender hanging in there on the KTM with 168 points. Then Joan Zarco at 166 in seventh place, so he could jump up and take Brad Bender's spot if Bender doesn't do well. Uh, <laughs> on the Suzuki... Alex Renz in eighth place with 148 points. Just absolutely ridiculous that he's still in the top 10, but good for him going out strong on the Suzuki, which honestly, the Suzuki's could do really well in Valencia. You know, you know, Renz has, I think, kind of grown on me a lot. And I think that's just because even though he's not as fast as like Mark Marquez, he ain't some, slow though. He's not slow, but he definitely embodies the I give zero craps. <laughs> yes, which and is I, also why he crashes a lot. <laughs> but I mean, you know what? It's Takanakagami crashes a lot, and you're just like, he take who? Who is he taking out this week? You know, Alex Renz. <laughs> you're just like, ah, dang it. Man. You're talking about a guy that hasn't been on the track in weeks because of his injury. <laughs> Takanakagami. Yeah. I mean. I feel like every time you we watch a MotoGP race, there's like a seventy percent chance that you're gonna see that little notification at the bottom of the screen that says Takanaki Gami. Yeah, that's true. Well, and this season, 
almost every time you see that yellow flag notification, Darren Bender is on the ground somewhere because he has crashed every single time he has touched the motorcycle, I I'm think. Pretty, I'm almost positive that as soon as the camera points at him, he just falls off the uh, It's ridiculous. So, ninth place, you've got Miguel Oliveira with 138 points. And then, it, yeah, absolutely. And then in 10th place, you've got Jorge Martin with 135 points. So, if you had to choose between Jorge Martin... And Enea Bastianini. Which one do you prefer? Or Luca Marini? Which of the three are, you, are your favorites? Because they're all kind of the younger guys. Luca Marini is going to be good. Um, I think that Jorge is the fastest of the bunch. But I'm afraid that Jorge is becoming the next Zarco. I think he's been on a team with him too long. Because he's like absolutely just destroyed the lap record in Sepang, but then quit laughing at me, Ty. <laughs> I know I almost dropped the microphone. It's it looked, not a big deal. <laughs> it looked like you're trying to eat your microphone. But I saved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Jorge absolutely obliterated the the track record for fastest lap in Sepang. But so does Johan Zarco, and then he doesn't win. And it's the same with Zarco. He's got like all these records of so fast, but he crashes and doesn't win. I think I remember who's I think you were the one that said this first, but he's the fastest man that can't win. I know it's and crazy. It's just every week it just shows you. And I'm so cool. nervous that Jorge's gonna become the same guy. Because if you look at Anea, Anea as much as I hate to say it, Anea does a really good job of you know maintaining his tires and he comes in so strong at the end of a race. He's very fast. He's very calculated in what he does, as well as he used to be really poor in his qualifying, but he's fixed that now. So now he's qualifying, you know, first, second row, and he manages his tires super well, and he's really fast. It's kind of like a great combination. There's a lot of people saying that he's going to be a huge championship threat next year because if you noticed... He was absolutely faster than Pecco Bagnai the entire race, and he still came in second. Hmm. He was the faster rider by a long shot, and he definitely let... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He let Pecco pass him. I. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Me and your dad are sitting here watching it. And your dad literally said, if he passes him in a straight, you know that Anaya lets him by. Two turns later, they come into a straight. Pecco just squeaks right on by. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> That's what happens when you have eight bikes in the paddock. Well, that and, you know, all they keep showing all of the Ducati management getting up, running to the screens, talking amongst each other. What do you think they're saying? They're saying, Anaya needs to back up. Anaya needs to slow down. Anaya needs to let Pecco in front because if Pecco's in front and then Bedzeki passes Fabio, then we win the championship outright right now. Mm-hmm. No team orders. My tail. Well, I guess, you know, they're desperate for a championship. Just... I feel like this is like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They were just dumping money into just any football player they could get their mind, their hands on. Right. Well, and that's not to take it, uh, that's not to take anything away from the motorcycle. The motorcycle is incredible, and that isn't to take anything away from Pecco. Even Pecco is a good, fast motorcycle rider. My my thing is, is I just keep going back to the fact that it is one versus eight out there. Fabio has been contending against eight Ducatis all season. Well, you know, I think one of the interesting things that I feel like 
uh, kind of gets glossed over is there's a lot of different strategies out there between the different constructors. And I think it's interesting because um, while a lot of these teams don't have necessarily the best balance, but you either have a team that's rider focused or bike focused. And then mm-hmm. it's definitely leans, you know, Suzuki, I think, would definitely be a rider focused team because they just grabbed on Juan Mir and Alex Renz and they had them for a while. Right. But then you have like Ducati, which is just like, you know, if you can't win the championship on our bike, then toodaloo. Except they do seem to love Peko. You know why? Because he's Italian. <laughs> that it doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, which Anaya is Italian too. And you know who they didn't pick? Jorge, not Italian. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. So let's talk about Fabio a little bit. Fabio had an outstanding race. He started in what ninth place? Was it ninth? I mean, Pecco. If you're going to talk about that, he also started. Yeah. So Pecco started right behind. Yeah. So it was ninth, and then Pecco started in twelfth. So that he started directly behind Fabio. Where did he go from? He went from twelfth. He went from twelfth to second. That's awesome. Was it twelfth to second or twelfth to third? Regardless, he was right up in the front. With before the first turn, I mean, that was actually one, in his interview. That was one of the first things he said was that was the best start of my life. Of his life, I have never seen someone like. It was like they put nitrous on that bad boy right at the <laughs> beginning. I mean, he was going so fast, and he. You know to what? be fair, he took a major risk on the brakes in that first turn. Oh yeah, but you know what? He was, he took Vin Diesel's uh, advice. You know, he was taking life one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so he made it and he made the turn, but Fabio had an incredible, they, they both made up like, I think the same number of spots essentially, Yep. you know, Fabio ended up making up tons of spots into that first turn as well. And he, you know, moved around and he got up there and he maintained that third place spot, the like majority of the race. And Fabio had to really fight for that the entire time he had to ride the m1 to the absolute limit and a little past it in order to stay there so i just and all with a broken finger like i mean you gotta give it to fabio he had an outstanding race he did and he prevented pecco and ducati from taking the championship and it means that it comes down to valencia so let's talk a little bit about what has to happen if we want Fabio to win. Well, here's the question. If Honda wants to use one of their teammates as a hitman, because he already <laughs> is one, just in Takanakagami out there. Well, I don't think Takanakagami's getting back on a bike this season. Just just duct tape his hands to the handlebar. <laughs> Send him out. Poor Taka. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's what I feel like. That's his best purpose at this oh point. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, he's not going to win a race. Okay, so <laughs> so here's the thing: Fabio is 23 points away from Pecco, which means Fabio absolutely, definitively has to get first place in this race, and Pecco has to get no points. That's the only way that he can win, basically. You know what? I would say that there's a 25% chance that that happens. 25%? Yeah. Hmm. So there's a fourth. like A one in four chance. One in four chance. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny because like this isn't the first time there's been a scenario like this, and it has happened before. 
you've had the, uh, a rider crash out and then the rider that needs the win to win gets it you know it's not the only time this scenario has played out but with there being eight Ducatis on the track I'm just going how is it possible I mean Pecco I mean, doesn't even have to ride hard there are two guarantees in this next race two one Ducati will have that track unlocked down oh yeah two Fabio is gonna ride the absolute spit out of that bike I mean he's gonna he's got nothing to lose I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen yeah, I mean, it, because even if he crashes, he's still going to get second place in the in the championship because Alay is forty six points away from him, so he literally has nothing to lose and everything to gain. Whereas Pecco has everything to lose, and if if you remember in free practices and all of that jazz, where Pecco crashed multiple times in Sepang. He had all this pressure. Every time he came into the pits, like everybody from Ducati was surrounding him, talking to him, putting all of this pressure on him. His his girlfriend's there, and she literally won't look at the screen. And you are really taking a deep dive on Pekka's mental status. I, well, well, here's the thing. You saw, I, I actually thought that Pekka was going to crash in this race. Yeah. I 100% thought that he was going to crash and that we were going to be sailing off with Fabio like being real close and being able to actually just outright win this thing you know but Luca Marini took that for him well Luca Marini had his first technical oh yeah that's right you know that was the first time he hasn't finished a race when it wasn't his fault and you had Jorge Martin and Jorge Martin just man poor guy so far ahead and then crashed but then you had like there were so many crazy things that happened in this Jack Miller was in like 20th spot and then he ends up in the top 10 like he did great for what he did and then Franco Morbidelli with the multiple dumb decisions that he made on Friday and free practices which resulted in a double long lap penalty and he still made it pretty far up it was actually a good day for Yamaha Cal Crutchlow did well Darren Bender was in 12th before he crashed um but he always does that so you yeah, know where, I can't remember where did Mark end up that race Mark sixth was it sixth place Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. I was close. I was really close. So, I mean... Alex Wren's in fifth place, though. Jack Miller was in sixth. That was actually one that was really interesting to watch because it was... Um, Mark Marquez was following Suzuki for a while. And it was just interesting to see yeah, how he's having a hard time keeping up with him. Well, okay, so back to what I was saying about Pecco, though. I, I do think there's a legitimate chance because he has all the pressure in the world on him. He cannot crash. Like, that is, like he's got to have that in his mind every second that he's going to be on the track. I can't crash. I can't crash. I can't crash. If I crash, I lose. Because if he crashes and Fabio wins, he Fabio wins it all. I mean, imagine losing the championship by a single point. I, I, I feel like if, if Pekka was to crash... That that Gigi Delino would put it on their dashboard. Just crash, Fabio. <laughs> like you would see Ducati's flying across the track, trying to just take out the wheels of Fabio Quadraro at that point. Although that their their team, the the tech lead at Ducati, is a genius. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but he was on World Superbike, and he was leading Aprilia, I believe, before he was in MotoGP. 
And that was when Aprilia was like just no one could keep up with him. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's a winner. So all of that being said, it was a weird race. There was a few things that stood out, which was, to me, Anea showed that he's really, really good. And do you think that next year Anea is going to be the number one at Ducati by the end of the season? Or do you think that Pecco will still be the guy? I feel like what's going to happen is the first two races are going to decide the rest of the season. Because I feel like with Ducati, I don't, I'm, I'm never really 100% sure who they're like their favorite rider is that year. But then after about like two or three races, I feel like it becomes very, very apparent who it is. Um, like this year it was Pecco, but I feel like we knew the Pecco from the start right. this year. But I mean, previous years you kind of weren't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I don't know. I think there's a pretty good chance that NAA is in championship contention next year. I mean, he's literally been, in the top four this just year. He's not my favorite. I like He's Jorge. not my favorite either. I just, for some reason, don't like him. I don't really have a reason why. I like Jorge better. Yeah, Jorge Martin should have gotten that spot. He's way more fun. Hashtag get a ride, Ducati. Yeah. Jorge, to me, is a more compelling rider. Like, I, I like him as a as a personality better than Anea. so I think that it would spice things up a little bit. But I also recognize that they're not in it. They're in it to win, not to, you know. Because they haven't yet. In a long time. <laughs> True. But then they also have people like Bedzeki who really showed and has shown over the last several races that he's really good. I mean, think about this. Suzuki, brand new team. They've won a championship more recently. Ducati. I mean, think about Ducati. Ducati has been in MotoGP for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they have a single championship. It's just, I feel like at this point, they're probably ripping their hair out. Just like, just, they just dump, put eight bikes in the paddock. They're, they're just, they're, they need this. They want it so badly. But I don't want it for them. So, you know, that should count for something. If you're an F1 fan, they're kind of like the equivalent of Mercedes was for the last few years. Right. <laughs> All right, Ty, let's talk about Valencia. Final race of the season. This is a weird track. Why you say that? Because it's really, sh- it's a short length track. It's really short. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the length of it. There's not a ton of elevation either. There's only like a couple spots. Um, so it's almost a flat track? For the most part. And it it, it just, the, each lap goes by pretty quickly. And so part of me wonders if this is, they knew this was going to be the last stop and how many championships have, are decided well before this race yeah i mean it's been a while i think since it's come has come down to the final race you know and i mean it's a little bit yeah so this one is 2.49 miles so yeah it's a it's a bit shorter a lot most of the tracks are closer to three miles long Mm -hmm. so it is a bit shorter there is that one ginormous straight in it um and then it's a lot of technical turns and stuff so Here's the thing about this track. A lot of times you have heard that it is historically better for bikes like the Yamaha, except I don't I don't know why they say that because when I look back at the records, it's not it doesn't really reflect that. I mean, literally last year, guess who won? I actually can't remember. Pecco Bagnai won. Oh yeah. And guess who was on second? Jorge Martin. 
Third place, another Ducati, Jack Miller. The podium was all Ducatis last year. Well, I mean, that's because they can actually turn their bike now. True. I mean, because if you go back before that, I feel like there just was not very many bikes that I mean, you couldn't steer it. So, Mark Marquez has won here twice. Danny Pedrosa has won here four times. Valentino Rossi has won here, th- or actually has had three poles here. I don't think he's won here. Um, so, I, my on, thing Darker. is, is like, I'm looking at this going, oh, guess who had the top speed last year? Zarco. Absolutely. Uh, but my point is, is it doesn't Did seem like. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Jorge Lorenzo, actually, he has the best pole position or pole on uh, on a Yamaha. So that's the only time is Jorge Lorenzo, who has won here four times. And it says it looks like it was on the Yamaha. So he's the only one to me that has like shown that this could be a more Yamaha track. But then you've got all these Ducatis just like everywhere now that are doing well on this track. So I'm like, well, I feel like if you were to go and talk about the old paddock, so the Yamaha that like, you know, that Jorge and Valentino, when they were both doing really, really well, mm-hmm. it probably was a Yamaha favorite track. But I, all the bikes in the paddock are different now. I mean, yeah. Yamaha used to be one of the best bikes in the paddock, and now they can't they can't build a bike. Well, and Sepang was supposed to like really cater to the Ducati, which don't get me wrong, Ducati did great there. But guess who was on in third place? A guy on a Yamaha that shouldn't have done well. And Franco Morbidelli ended up in eleventh place after two long lap penalties. And Franco has been, frankly, terrible all season. <laughs> and he earned a new title. As the most penalized <laughs> MotoGP rider, crazy, right? <laughs> Not Takanakagami, but Franco Morbidelli. Well, so, I mean, Takanakagami doesn't get penalized because he's usually on a stretcher on the way out anyway. And they just feel bad for him. Yeah, it's just penalty. But or my thing pity. is, is like it, that track was supposed to be really bad for the Yamaha, and all the Yamahas did relatively well. Yeah, Cal Crutchlow was in twelfth. You know, Darren Bender, who crashes every single time he touches a bike, crashed again, yes, but in 12th position, which was like one of his best of the season. And then Fabio was in third place. You know what I mean? So it's really interesting how we keep hearing this track favors this historically, but then it kind of flips its head this year. It's really interesting. So, but last year it was an all Ducati podium, which makes me a little nervous and a little afraid for Fabio going into this wouldn't you say yeah i think so so what do you think's gonna happen ty what's your podium picks honestly i was so wrong last week with my podium picks Um, (laughs) and remember i thought like oh man i think your picks are good i think mine were trash too yeah except you said that fabio had a real shot which you were right about that yeah um I, you know, the thing is, last week I was really... Actually, con- I said Bezeki was going to do really well, and he did. Yeah. I said he was going to win, so I think the, not that good. the interesting takeaway of Sepang was less about Pecco's win, and it was more about how everybody, other than him and Fabio, if you take them out of the picture, and you look at how everybody else on that track performed, I feel like that was probably going to give you a better idea of what next year's going to look like. Sure. Um, I'm... Now, after that race, I was a little bit worried for Mark Marquez for next season. 
I, I'm not. I'm not because the the Honda's just trash right now, and they're gonna have all the winter testing, and and they're gonna have Juan and Alex Renz to help with that testing. It's gonna be weird having them all on the same team. Yeah, but it, it's gonna help so much because Mark's gonna come in and he's gonna have time on the bike. He, it. What you're concerned about is that Mark is taking a piece of garbage and making it look wonderful going down the track and next year he's going to be taking something that's less trash and doing even better with it i guess more of my where i'm going is uh you know alex renz if you take compare him to mark marquez alex renz is on a bike that has just they're they're not doing anything to it anymore Mark Marquez is on a Honda, which is also not a great bike, and he was really having a hard time. I don't think they've done anything to the Honda since he crashed, honestly. (laughs) I think that it's all been like, we're just waiting on Mark. Like, we'll we'll not do anything until Some teams are bike focused and some teams are rider focused. They're the exact opposite of Ducati. Yeah, they are fully Mark Marquez focused. I still think one of my favorite quotes is people asking uh, Cal Crutchler what he thought about Honda's bike and he said the only man that can ride this thing is Mark Marquez. Do you know how to spell Mark Marquez? (laughs) (laughs) H-O-N-D-A. That's how you do it. So you are exactly right. So podium picks. What do you think is going to happen? That that we, we have to do this. I know you're stalling, but we have to make our choices. I think there is a chance that Fabio is going to get first place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my guess would be Fabio in first. Um, I think Nea is going to be in third. Okay. He's going to be the defensive rider. Sure. He's the he's like you know Blake Griffin defensive player of the year, um, and then I bet this is hard. I think Jack Miller's gonna get fourth. It's not Paul though. Okay, we're still missing second place here. <laughs> the thing is, I want to say Mark Marquez is gonna get second place. I just don't think he will. Um. The other thing is, is Jack has absolutely nothing to lose. So it doesn't matter what happens. Jack's going to try his best to pass Pecco. So if he's close to Pecco, there's a chance that he tries to pass him, and that, that's what makes Pecco crash. Because Jack's leaving. He's done. He is fully done with Ducati. This is the last race with Ducati. I don't think that he has any care at this point. That is fair. Um, the thing is, it's not going to be Aprilia. Aprilia is just... I mean, there's there's no there's no gas in the tank. For They're him. done, yeah. Um, I don't think it's Mark Marquez because I just don't think he's going to be pushing it as hard as I want him to. Um, I mean, if he shows up and he's doing really really well at qualifying, I would be super happy for that. Um, so I mean, I would say Fabio first. I'll say I'll say Bezeki second. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only, I think like logically that's the only things that make sense. Yes, yeah, so that was what I was going to say. I was looking at this. I actually think that it's watch, I think watch Peko come in 12th. Like that'd be like scratching it real close. Yeah, real close. Um so I think that Fabio's going to win cuz he has to. I think that Fabio's going to win or he's going to crash. And I think that Bedzeki will be in second. 
I think that Alex Renz is going to get a podium and he's going to be in third place. Hey, I would absolutely like I to actually see. think that he's going to do that. He was in fifth place last week. Yeah. He was in fifth place. So I think that he's actually going, and I think that Suzuki will run well here because it's fast. It handles well. You know, it's got kind of all the pieces. I'm going to miss Suzuki next year. Yeah. So I think to, that Alex Renz is going to get uh, third place. And I think Bedzeki's going to get another fourth place finish. And then you'll have Jack Miller, Mark Marquez, anywhere in that fifth, sixth range. Again, I'm going to make the same thing, call I did last time. I think that Pecco is going to be scared to death to push this. So he's going to play very safe and just trying to get a top 10 finish. Well, you know what? You know why he's going to be scared to death? Because he, kn- like, the thing is, if it was anybody else in the pack, like, let's say Fabio and Marquez, like, Marquez is in the healthy he's in now, and Fabio's not there. He would not really be that worried about it. He wouldn't have to race. Fabio <laughs> is like the one. I mean, I'm just taking points out of the, the, you know, if it was any other rider that was in Fabio's position. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't think he'd be half as worried about it. But with Fabio, there's a really stinking good chance that if Pecco's not fighting up for the first, there's just going to be the other Ducatis that Fabio's got to fight, fight right. to get past. Right. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think first place. Fabio's second. What did I say? Was it Renz or Bezeki? Bezeki, Renz third, and then the rest will be the rest. Okay. I think Jack Miller be fourth. Yeah, he's going to be somewhere fourth, fifth, sixth around there. Mark is going to be in that mix as well. Um, so Unless Mark uh, wants to come and win it all. So cool. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be cool because then Fabio can't win. Oh, okay. <laughs> second place. Second place will be fine. <laughs> um,. So especially if he like block passes Pecco and how Pecco mad, just how loses would you the be front. Though, if uh, Pecco did crash and then Mark, Mark beats, I would be so mad. <laughs> I would be so happy for Mark, but so upset at the same time. Um, I mean, do you think? Do you think if you were Fabio, would you, would you even go to that interview? <laughs> I don't know. So okay, here's something I want to do because we did this last time, and I thought it was funny. Where do you think Cal Crutchlow is going to end up? <laughs> because we know Mark's big on Cal Crutchlow as well. So we call it Crutchlow Roulette. <laughs> what what place will Cal Crutchlow end in the final race of the 2022 Ninth. season? Ninth. Wow, you're giving him a top ten finish. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I'm going to give him ninth. I think I think uh, all of the riders that don't normally do super well. Um, even if you're like Enea, uh, or yeah, even if like you're Enea or at least Spirago, you're trying to hold on to your place, you know, and I think that could be why you start to see a lot of other people playing it safe. I mean, they, they're not going to play it as safe because they're not, there's not a championship on the line, but they still, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between getting. Right. Third and fourth place. So yeah, I think that Cal is gonna end up in eleventh place. That was gonna be my my guess is eleventh place. So, all right, let's let's run through these couple of hot takes and wrap this bad boy up. Oh, actually, what are we doing, Ty? We didn't tell anybody what their better picks for the last race are. I thought you were skipping something. Listen, this is your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> all right. Top fantasy picks. Obviously, Cal Crutchlow is still the best deal. He still only costs $1.4 million. 
great deal for what he produces. He has produced at least five points for me every single week on my silver team that I've had him. So great point producer if you just need that little edge. And he's super, super cheap. So I don't actually know why he hasn't increased in price further than where he's at. Secondly, I would say Luca Marini at $2.6 million is a great deal. Uh, he's going to do well. Uh, I don't think that he's going to finish in the top five or anything like that, but he does well and he costs 2.6. Then you've got Marco Bedzecki, also a great deal, $3 million. And like me and Ty have both said, we think that he's going to probably finish on the podium. So that would be a good point producer for you. And then here's here's what's crazy, Ty. Fabio Quattararo only costs three point five million. He's less than Mark Marquez now. Yeah, Jorge Martin costs three point four. Mark Marquez is three point seven. And Nea Bastianini costs four point three million. And Fabio Quattararo costs three point five. I mean, I know that he's had a bad couple of races. Well, that was the highest that he had finished in like the last, like like four races. Yeah, you know he's had a rough go at it, but still, three point five. I mean, like Joanne Zarco is three point seven. Jack Miller's three point eight. Brad Bender is three point six. Brad Bender. Brad Bender is not going to get you more points than Fabio Quattararo on a regular basis. How do they decide these? So I have no idea. So that's why I put Fabio on the list here because if you could do some fancy moving around this week and get Fabio on your team, because we both believe that Fabio is going to win this week. Yeah. So that means he's going to win or crash because he's going to ride that bike like right. life depends. Right. On so that. it is a gamble, but if you wanted to shoot for the stars and get a big finish, so you might you, get Fabio. Here's a. This is not actually a hot take. This is a hot take in regards to this list. If you want to take a risk, you know Mark Marquez is going to finish top 10. But Mark Marquez is also worth more now than he was when you probably bought him a few weeks later earlier when we were recommending him. If you want to take a gamble, sell Mark Marquez. If you don't already have Fabio on your team, get Fabio. Absolutely. Um, or just get literally, I mean, you could sell Mark Marquez and maybe another person and then get Ducati as your, yeah, this is, this is one of those moments where like, if you're potentially close to getting a first place finish in a league, this is the moment to go for gold, go for broke, do everything you can to get there. And that just like, that might mean selling someone that you would never have initially sold to go for somebody who potentially can win the race. Yeah. So that would be that would those are my top picks for fantasy. I you might disagree with them, Ty. Listeners, y'all might think that I'm dumb. That's okay. Because uh, <laughs> that's still what I think. All right. Hot take number one. Have team orders won this championship potentially? Okay, maybe let me rephrase that. Actually, yes, I like the phrasing of that, but also is it a combination of team orders and just the fact that there's eight of them on the eight Ducatis on the track? Oh, I think eight eight Ducatis on the track. But there's just a lot of advantages that you get from having that many bikes on the track that like even data. Aprilia. They have Aprilia only has two bikes on the track. Yamaha has four right now, but they will only have two next year. That's so stupid. Um, but 
you, you're you're gathering significantly less data. I mean, there's just like the improvement that they can make on a bike is they're they can make it so much faster, and it's right. not like something that's it's not like tangible, like in, a, in the fact that it's like it's not like they're getting more of something per se, um, but still, and they also have eight times more chances of winning the championship. Correct, and they're almost guaranteed. The riders or the, the manufacturer construction. construction. Yeah, I can't speak English right now. <laughs> and neither can I. So yeah, Ugh, man. So I, I I hate it, but the 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 only thing I will say is, if you limited them, you would have like, there would be so many jobs lost. Right. So I mean, Ducati right now is, Ducati is Dorna. Yeah, he is, they are the economy for MotoGP. <laughs> so, all right, well, okay, that leads me to my second one, which is the, just this question. Knowing what we know about how many bikes are on the, the grid and knowing that, you know, Ducati in the last few races has absolutely given orders, even though they're saying that they haven't, that have helped Peko either win or get better place placement on, you know, finishes. Is Peko better than Fabio. He's won seven races, so I don't want to take away the fact that Pecco's really good. But is Pecco a better MotoGP racer than Fabio Quadraro? I think the hard thing about that is with MotoGP, there's a lot of variables. And I think the only rider that you can safely say is just better than other people is Mark Marquez when he was at his best. Now the question is next year is, is he going to be that Mark Marquez again? Mm-hmm. I still don't know. Um, we can speculate all we want, but we won't really won't know until the first race until Qatar next year. Um, but I, I, I would say Fabio is the better rider, but also it's, I mean, it's hard to say because I mean, even though you do have, you know, the suspicion of Ducati orders, um, which is, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that it's there. Um, you know, if if there were less Ducatis on the track and the Ducati wasn't as much better of a bike, you know, Peko still might be able to, to bring it up. I don't know. Um, Fabio definitely fights harder than anybody else in the paddock. And I think he fights harder with the less risk of crashing. Um, but I think right now Yamaha has taken a lot of the blame for for everything and it's it's interesting to see next year um i know fabio can go faster and he does have a slow bike but he is an emotional rider and i think the second half of the season we can blame the bike all we want and that might contribute to a lot of it and it it does contribute to a lot of it but he is still an emotional rider and it's just it'll be interesting to see how he does with a fast bike but i would say right now i would say fabio is the faster rider yeah i I personally think that Fabio is the better rider in the mix. And that that is, like, I really thought about this because I don't want you to think that that's just a biased pick because I like Fabio. Because I do like it's Fabio. He is my rider. However, I have reasons. So, Fabio is on an inferior machine. Fabio won two races this season, correct? Sure. Is it two or three? Two. I think it's two. But what Fabio has done has been so much, so exponentially better than every other person on the Yamaha that it shows that Fabio is doing something that is just incomprehensible. You know what I mean? In addition to that, he's wrecked less than almost anybody else 
There's a couple others that have done better. Michael has one more, but he's also crashed more. He's crashed a lot where Fabio doesn't crash much. He used to crash a ton. Like in that 2020 season, that was just the worst. He crashed a ton where he just doesn't do that now. And I think that a lot of that is his mental state. I do agree that he's still a pretty emotional rider, but he tends to keep that in check. Now, the reason that I think that he struggled so much these last few races, I don't think is because of his ability. I've I've said this before. I think that he has been limited by the bike and he's pushed the bike too far because if he doesn't push it, he can't win. It's impossible, which is what you actually said before is like you either push it and almost crash and maybe win or you don't push it and you can't win. You know what I mean? Right. That's the position that Fabio has been in this entire season. Whereas Pecco has been in a position where his bike is just leaps and bounds better than every bike on the on the grid. And so he gets to ride that bike at the level that the bike is supposed to be at. And he doesn't have to push it nearly as far. But what it, what's interesting is even though he didn't have to do that, he kept doing that, which is why he kept crashing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I'm looking at it going, he's just not as smart. <laughs> well, I'm wondering too, I mean, because you know, different riders, you have some riders that are really there to, to build the bike. Yeah. Um, hey, you, Joanne Zarco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Juan Mir. And now Takanakagami. He's he's there to show you what not to do with the bike. Yeah, he's just there to get data now. And to, he's an assassin. He's a hitman. <laughs> uh, but he... Uh, uh, Fabio, I wonder, because Mark Marquez is probably not the best for developing a bike, because he just he just makes it work, so it's hard to know what needs to be changed. I'm point. sure he, he helps develop it, but I wonder if sometimes the Fabio is kind of the same way, like, you know, how much could he be helping develop the Yamaha? I mean, Yamaha is just, it's a trash bike, but I mean... Well, I think that Fabio is actually probably better at that than we think, because Fabio is the one that went to them and told them exactly what he wanted, and they gave him exactly what he wanted at that last test. You know what I mean? So I think that he might be better than we think, but Yamaha is finally realizing that they have to, you know, change what they're doing. Just like Honda is realizing that. Honda's got a Calyx chassis, and they've never done that before. They've always developed, HRC has always developed their own stuff. So in the, for the first time ever, they they let Calyx come in and make their chassis because everybody else is doing that and it's faster and better. And HRC couldn't produce one that worked as good. So for the first time ever, they're listening and going, maybe we should stop thinking that we're better because we're not. Well, <laughs> I don't think anybody could ever say that Honda's bike was better than it. And that's why, you know what's funny is... Except Honda, they just think that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's funny because I remember for the longest time people thought that Mark Marquez was winning because he had the better bike than everybody else, and I was like, he he and Fabio have the same situation. And then a bunch of people went over to ride that bike, and no one else could. <laughs> well, that's because um, that was when Ducati started making faster bikes, and Mark Marquez was just like, make it go faster, which made it completely unrideable. Mm-hmm. And then he just made it work. And Fabio, I think, is in a very similar boat to Mark Marquez. They just, they just make it work. Yeah, that's true. So, bottom line, I think that Fabio is the better rider. That doesn't take anything away from Pecco. He is a great rider, and he is deserving if he wins. I think the real test will be 
next season too. Because if if Pecco comes in next season and then just wins four out of the first like six races, yeah, I'll be, I'll be like, okay, he's re- he's legit. Yeah, <laughs> but if he comes in and then he like is like six seventh for the rest of the season, then I'm gonna be like, hmm. while Fabio's still getting podiums and stuff, Ducati orders. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna yeah. be thinking. Um, but yeah, I think the the next few um, hot takes in here are kind of the same thing but i guess my question is do you think mark marquez do you actually think he's the championship contender for next year yes i think that it would be silly not to think that because again like i said before they're going to be testing all through the winter break they've got juan and Renz who are going to be helping them test it's gonna and they have shown how valuable they are to developing a bike through suzuki that that data and that help is going to make the Honda so much better and no, I'm pretty I sure it's going to make it the cater towards Juan Mir a little bit more though well Juan does he rides similar though he's really late on the brakes he's really like a, sh- a, a sharp rider which I think is why he's going to be better on the Honda than he was on the Suzuki it'll be interesting to see if he like can keep up with Mark at all well that's the thing like I just think Mark is the best rider period like I don't think that there's a better one even now, like I think he's the best rider. He's just limited right now. Yeah. Whereas next year, I think that the bike will be good enough. I don't think it's going to be the best bike on the grid, but it will have improved, and his fitness will be better. I wonder what Mark would be like on Ducati. Uh, unstoppable? <laughs> is that the the right word? But that would be is- the most boring season because he would just be like a half a lap ahead of everyone every single race. Well, but that's the thing though is like. First of all, he's not Italian. True. And then the other thing is Ducati just, they're they're notorious for not listening to the riders. Yeah, I wonder if that's changed a little bit, though, because of how well the bike is doing now, because it is so much more, and they have so many riders, so they're getting all this input, which everybody thought that all that input was going to cause them to not be able to do the right things, but it seems like they've kind of done the right things. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the next one is for 2023. Who do you think is going to be the top three in the championship in order from third to first? So we'll start with your third pick and then go to your first. Who do you think is going to win the championship next year? Mm, That's so hard because we've got sprint races to think about and all of that. Because of the sprint races, I think that, oh, man, it could literally be anything. Um, I'm going to just throw... Because, I mean, you have this whole season that we've just watched for information. Yeah. All the bikes are going to be different. Next and year. all of the information that we have means nothing because there will be sprint races next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Let's go with... Let's just go ahead and say Mark's going to be in third. Okay, so not first. No, I'm going to put Mark in third... It's, I think that, I think that he needs another year. I think that he's going to be contending though. I it's here's the me thing. saying third doesn't mean that I don't think that he's going to be in first at some point. Oh yeah. Oh, I get, <laughs> the only thing I was going to say is the only thing I have about he needs a year is he's now kind of at the age where people start retiring. Yeah, but he's a freak. He is a freak. But <laughs> but still, he's still human. 
Yeah. At least I, th- I think he is. I'm a little nervous for him at the sprint races, though, because if he crashes and gets hurt again, Mark will quit. Because he's not going to go under the knife for another surgery. He's already said that. If he has another major injury, he's done. He's just done. So I do think that he's a contender. I think he's going to ride to his fullest ability. And I think that he probably ends up somewhere around third because I think it's inevitable that he's going to crash some next year with as many races as there's going to be. How many seasons do you think we have left with him? Um, I mean, this, this coming season is his last season of his contract with Honda. So if he's going to switch, we'll have him for a couple more years probably. Um, and if he stays at Honda, we probably have him for another four. <laughs> That's what I would think. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That's what I would say. So second place. Mm, so Fabio is going to be coming back, possibly angry about missing a world championship, which I think puts him in direct contention for a win. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and give you my heart on that one and say Fabio wins next year. If he wins this year, I think he gets second next year. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he's going to win. Is going to be up in the top three? No, I don't. I think Anaya will be higher than Pecco. Interesting. I actually think that Anaya might be in second. Hmm. Legitimately, I think that he's better than Pecco. Okay. Because you've seen multiple times now he's on a he's on last year's bike, which is inferior to this year's, even though it's still really good. And he has had better pace multiple times. I, I just think that he's probably a better rider than Pecco. So I think that you might see him ahead of Pecco in the in the championship. What about you? I think my first and second are kind of back and forth, but I would say Fabio and then Mark. Fabio! And then I would say either Anaya. I think Juan Mir is going to surprise the absolute mess out of everybody. I, I think that he's going to be like a top six person. Bet, I'm thinking third place. Oh, man. I just don't know about that, dude. You can have two Hondas? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I would just love to see no Ducatis in the top five. Uh, yeah, Which, but you know, it's funny I just don't think that's possible at this point. I, I just think it's so funny because I remember like three years ago, I remember thinking, oh, it would be so cool to see Ducati win. But it's just... Now like, you're so against it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't want Ducati to win at all. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so... Again, we've got sprint races and all that, so there's no telling what's going to happen next year. But that's we're going to probably be looking at our top three picks next year and be like, why do we say that? <laughs> I think uh, Fabio Scooter Rider actually has a chance of some of those sprint races. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, so what's your last hot take? Okay, this one is just for fun, but you put Mark and Fabio both on a Yamaha. Ooh. I, I, ooh, Mark on a, a Yamaha just feels weird. I don't even know. Like on this Yamaha, the current M1. Yeah. Well, then Fabio is going to be better because he's been he's the only one that's been able to ride it at this point. So, of course, then you've got to contend with the fact that I'm pretty sure that Mark Marquez could take a 250 out and finish top ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So take one of those Striders. Yeah, he takes an R1 out and just yeah. or, or R3. That's what I meant out there and just you know gets top 10 finish oh yeah <laughs> so i don't know i don't know that that's a really weird hypothetical thing or just i guess i guess more of just picture them both on the same bike i think that that would be an incredible team and there would be a lot of drama there 
which honestly, I kind of miss the fact that there's no more team. Everyone's drama. too stinking nice to each other. Yeah, I remember Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo. I mean, when they first became teammates, that marked like an era where like the thing is it used to be if you were going to lose, if there was going to be one person you didn't lose it to, it was your teammate. Right. So if you were going to battle it out more with one person, it was your teammate. Because what does that say? If they beat you, they beat you on the same bike. Which means that they're better. Which there's no excuse. So you have that much more incentive to win to them. Yeah. But now I think when you have eight bikes in a paddock, it changes things a little bit. It becomes more forward versus <laughs> So this Ferrari. is this is all Ducati's fault according to Ty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do say I do think that the riders are super nice to each other, which is good to see, but at the same time I do want a little bit more competitiveness. Um, so maybe the sprint races will help with that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But We've been talking for a long time, so let us know what your thoughts are uh, about fantasy, about this season, about where we're at in the championship. Uh, If you have questions for us, feel free to reach out, or you want to just tell us how bad our fantasy picks are, you can do that by connecting with us on social media at Wheel2WheelPodcast, and it's the number two, Wheel2WheelPodcast. So be sure to, if you would, it would mean a ton to me and Ty, if you would rate the podcast, again, give us five stars, and if you don't like us, just don't give us less than four, because that would hurt our feelings, Um, (laughs) and you know we don't want that. So give us a five-star rating if you would, share it with somebody. Uh, We like what we're saying, Uh, even if you don't, that's okay. But share it with somebody so that we can get it out there into the world. And we will catch you after Valencia for the final podcast of this season, where we will also let you know what is next for Wheel to Wheel post season. Catch you next time. Adios.